What's going on everyone? You got your 7-2 real estate investor here. Uh, first and foremost, before I get right to the topic, again, I want to just want to say thank you to all of my, I mean, I'm very humbled. Uh, I've just got so much uh, gratitude for all of you, for the messages, the support uh, you guys have all provided via reaching me out through Facebook, Instagram, just leaving comments. Um, but even more so is the fact you guys are sharing these, uh, these videos and these podcasts um, out to your friends, family, and so forth. So thank you so much. That inspires me to do more. And like I said to you guys in the past, if there's any topic within the real estate investing journey, or perhaps you've been dealt a bad hand in life and you're trying to get out of that and you're trying to use real estate investing as your vehicle to do so, let me know. I'd be more than happy to put a video out for that, okay? Or a podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, love you guys. <laughs> so anyways, I'm just going to get right to this. So this is, I'm actually excited about this topic. This is a this is a, a very important topic, which is, you know, basically, how do we set our rents? Um, and that's really going to be dictated by the market you're in, um, you know, the street you're on, the city you're on, and ultimately how much cash flow you want to generate. So at the end of the day, you know, you should, if you haven't got your first, uh, you know, property lined up or you're working to do so, you should definitely have that figured out beforehand and do your due diligence because when you're doing your numbers and as an investor it's all about the numbers you want to make sure those numbers are are correct you don't want to be uh, overestimating what that rent might be and then all of a sudden when you do get that property and you factor in all the numbers and you factor in what that rent is uh what the gross rent is and then by the time you you know you take all your day-to-day -day operation expenses monthly expenses your mortgage your interest payment and all that kind of stuff um what's left and you definitely don't want to be in a negative uh that that's not cool either you're not an off-for-profit business so anyway so this is what's really critical so let's just say you've done all that uh or you're at that stage so let's let's figure out how to set that rent so this is how i do it so first and foremost what i need to do is i need to set a rent that's appropriate for that market now you know, it, you, you can go into a neighborhood and you can say, hey, this is the rent I want because this is the cash flow that makes sense to me. Well, that's good for you. But the, the market doesn't care about you, okay? So that's that's the first thing, okay? So if you think a property can be rented for 2,500, but yet you do your homework and the rent in that area is going for maybe 1,500, well, you're way up to lunch, okay? So you have to look at, those, uh, at, the, at the details. So what I normally do is the first thing I'll do is in an area. So let's just say I have property X, it's on, uh, you know, we'll just pick on Smith Street. So I get this property, I look at this property, and I, I determine, okay, it's a three bedroom, one bedroom house. Okay, that's good. So what I can then do is I can take that property and I can do a couple of things. And I, I, this is what I do actually. So I'll go to Kijiji and I'll essentially look up what the rents are for a three bedroom, one bath. Now, if you're not using Kijiji, maybe you're in an area that they don't have Kijiji and you're using Craigslist, you could do the same exact thing. So you basically punch that in under, uh, you know, properties to rent. And um, and then you can start looking at what the three bedroom, one bathroom prices are going for and look at pictures and so forth. A lot of times there'll be an, uh, an approximate address as well with a map. So you can actually click on that and then basically zoom into that to see how close and vicinity that is to your property. And then you can go that route, okay? So that's one avenue you can do that. Number two is I use Facebook Marketplace. I'll do the same exact thing. I'll put a uh, basically an area uh, that I'm looking or where that property is located, and I'll see what the markets re market rents are around there. Uh, so you can do that easily. Um, and then there's also a, a third tool I use, which is uh, PadMapper. 
uh, Pad Mapper's Nap, so PAD Mapper, um, and essentially looks at um, rents in that area as well. So if there's any available uh, homes or apartments, then you have that idea as well. So what I do is I basically take those three and I look at, like I said, the closest proximity to, to my property. So I look for the three or four that are closest that meet the same uh, property specification. So in this case, we're looking at a three bedroom, one bathroom. So let's just say I, I, I look at those four properties and I come up with a number of, you know, let's just say it's 1700, okay? So let's just say it's 1700 is the average you find on that property. Okay, that's pretty decent, pretty good. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I know when I do my, 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 my renovations and my, uh, my rehab and so forth, I mean, I go, I go uh, to the extreme. I make sure you get amazing paint job, amazing flooring and so forth. But I'm not going to go as far as put granite uh, kitchen countertops because that, mar that market may not need that, right? So it doesn't matter what you put in that, into that house. The, the market rent is the market rent. Okay, so whether you put granite countertops in there, it may not shift that rent at all, maybe by five bucks if that's it, okay? So what I'll do is, let's just say I found this average of about 1,700. What I'll actually do is I'll take that 1,700, I'll tack on another 100 bucks. Okay, I'll tack on an extra 100 bucks. What this allows me to do gives me some, some negotiation ability, okay? so. That's what I like to do. So I've looked at now Facebook, I've looked at my marketplace that is, I've looked at Kijiji, Craigslist, and Padmapper, found that that comparable rent, and I simply add $100 to it. Like I said, this gives me a small cushion if I really need to negotiate. But the thing is, if you price it too low, you can't, it's, it's very hard to, to get that price, to increase that price. But if your price is set high, at least you can start bringing it down if you're not getting the hits you're looking for, okay? So that's the first thing I'll do, okay? You guys see that? So number one is I look at, I look at market rents. Let's go market rents on, uh, you know, like I said, I'll look at uh, Kijiji. I'll probably butcher the spelling here. I'll look at uh, Facebook Marketplace. and pad mapper. Okay, so I got those. Like, sorry for my uh, my reading there, but hey, I'm a, I'm a, this guy now. So, um, so that's what I'll do. And that's how I determine this right here. So what I've done is I've put down my market rents on Kijiji, Facebook Marketplace, pad mapper to give me an approximate market rent that I want for $1,800. Now, why is that? Why, why is that $1,800 important? And why do I wanna be on the high side of that market rent? So the area I, I reside in, in the area that I, uh, I invest in rental properties, the government has a stranglehold on rent control, okay? So um, every city is gonna be different, every province, every state, every municipality is gonna be different. Where I invest, they actually have a, a chokehold on us. And essentially what they say is if you have a tenant living in there for one year, you can only increase that rent by a certain amount per year. And you have to give them, I believe it's three or four months notice in order to do so. So you have to protect yourself against that because if you have a tenant that does not wanna leave and they wanna be there for 10 years, we're gonna be stuck at that rent. And why that's important is because this is the market rent today. In two years from now, that market rent might be $2,200. So you're leaving money on the table. So hence why you want to start off on the high side to begin with, 
because that's going to be your protection. Okay, so it's not going to be about, oh, I got to set the rent. So looks, I need to get a tenant in right away. Um, you know what? If you need to get a tenant in right away and you're really concerned about finances, you're really concerned about having a month of a vacancy, uh, you may need to relook at uh, why you're getting in the investing side or just maybe talk to someone who has more experience than you in, the, in this area because nothing's worse than rushing and getting that wrong tenant in that chooses not to pay rent and completely destroy your property than, uh, than having an empty lot okay, or empty, empty property. So keep that in mind. So again, you got to keep that in mind with the rent control. Hence why I go on a little bit of the higher side. Number three, it is, it is illegal, which makes sense. You cannot discriminate um, anybody, you know, any tenant. Okay, so everybody's allowed to fill an application, which is great. I, I'm a firm believer of that and so forth. But at the same time, it is my property. This is my home. Um, this is, I've actually made sacrifices in my life to put into a property to benefit my future and my children's future and so forth. So I have to be very careful. It's no different than letting a stranger in my, in my home. I live with my kids. Um, you know, it's all about protection. So by putting the rents quite high or the highest point in that market area is it's already allowing me to vet tenants. So if a tenant can only afford a rent of let's just say $800 for them and they, to come to my property when they see $1,800, most of them are going to say no way, no way. Cause they, are, they already know this is what the rent is going to be. Okay. What I also find by pushing that rent higher is you're going to be finding more of a, of a, tra a transient renter. So you're going to find someone that's maybe a professional. They're there. Maybe they're building a house. Maybe they just moved to the city and you know, they're going to be there for a year. So in that case, that suits well for them. They can afford to make that payment. And then the nice thing is when they decide to move out, I'm not trapped by that rent control at 2.2%. If that rent has actually gone up in that area, I can now adjust my rent accordingly. So if my rent goes at that area now, when I do my, my, my checking with Kijiji, Padmapper, and Facebook Marketplace, and look at the rents at 2200, well, guess what? I'll be marketing that rent at 2300. Um, but if that tenant chooses to stay, um, and that's great because I do have some amazing tenants that choose to stay. At that point, I simply bump up that rent by what the government or the municipality allows me to do so. And in my market for 2020, they're saying I can only increase that rent by 2.2%. So you can see by setting that rent at 1800, um, I've already protected myself and then I'm adding an extra 2.2%. So this is how I set my market rents. If you have other suggestions, let me know. Uh, this is usually the way, uh, you know, my tested way, it works well for me. And when I do this, uh, it actually protects me. Like I said, it protects me. And I, the nice thing is I do have that cash flow coming in. But the one thing that's really forgotten in this whole mix is that if you're using the burst strategy, which is, you know, you're going to buy a property, you're going to rehab it, you're going to rent it out, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to refinance it. And then basically you're going to take those funds and then repeat it. When you do a refinance, Ultimately, yes, you're going to be pulling out some for you're going to be forcing appreciation and hopefully pulling some equity out. When that happens, whether you're using a HELOC or let's just say you're not doing a HELOC and it becomes a second mortgage on that same property with the same bank, what could happen, actually what will happen is that your mortgage payments actually go up. Why? Because let's just say you forced appreciation. Now this home is worth $100,000 more. So now 
you got to get an uh, increased mortgage on that. So let's just say for easy math, it's $100,000. Well, that's going to cut into your, your profit. So if you set your rents appropriately uh, beforehand, and when you do that refinance, you're still protecting yourself. So what I always like to do is when I set my uh, my market rents, I actually, what I'll actually do is I'll actually do two formulas. One would be what the, what the mortgage payment and what my expenses are today. And then I'll figure out what my cash flow is based on that current rent. Uh, and then what I'll do is I'll actually take the same uh, rent and I'll actually factor in a second mortgage into that and what that uh, mortgage payment principal plus interest is going to be and how it cuts into my into my cash flow. So I always want to protect myself. So what I always tell myself is pre-refinancing to post-refinancing, I want to be making at least half of that cash flow on the post-refinance, if that makes any sense. So anyways, with that, uh, hopefully you found this helpful. If you guys have any questions on, on this strategy, let me know. Love to connect with you guys. And until then, we'll talk to you guys soon. God bless.